Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon and a group of faith walkers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that nurture our souls. This week, the first week of Advent, the conversation centered on the topic Preparing Him Room, Waiting. This conversation was originally recorded in November of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Until I see the Christ in you. I'm gonna look twice. Welcome to our conversations about practices and things that we can do as we seek uh, to nurture our soul. And we are in the first week of Advent. We started these conversations back in March, thinking that it would be a good space because of the COVID and the, and the beginning of the pandemic. And here we are. Easter was different. Summer has been different. And we thought that we were kind of out of it. And here we are. Many of us have uh, sort of grieved the fact that the Thanksgiving was different. And many of us are kind of writing the, or reading the writing on the, on the wall, as per se, thinking that Christmas might be different too. But there is something about Christmas that can change. And uh, in the midst of uh, all the changes that we might need to face, uh, what it doesn't change is the fact that uh, Christ is still coming, is the gift. So we enter into Advent season, and uh, if there is a year in which probably we need to focus more in Advent, is this year, right? Unprecedented uh, need. So. We're starting our first conversation, and um, have uh, brought the, the the topic, the title of this Advent conversations uh, as "Prepare Him Room." Right? We we are going to talk about waiting in this uh, first conversation of Advent. So, a few thoughts just to give you uh, some of my, my my thinking into this idea of Advent. Um, indeed, Advent has been uh, traditionally a, a season to prepare room for Christ, to prepare ourselves for Christmas. And even when I say that, I have to remind that Christmas is not the Christmas that we are used to. The Christmas, the season, the nice lights and the gifts and, and the many good things about it. There is no condemnation in, in me as I think of that. But uh, Christmas is, is the coming of Christ. The, the, the gift that is given is the gift from God, it's the Son of God coming. And uh, so we are entering into that. And, and that's a challenge itself. There's a challenge because of the season of Christmas that is so full already, right? Family and, again, uh, all the good things that we enjoy in Christmas. So it's a challenge. And there's an extra challenge in 2020. Years is a year of loss. I don't know if you have noticed that it seems like many of us are kind of 
pushing for Christmas to come earlier. <laughs> it seems like we were hoping that Christmas will be, we want to be in Christmas because somehow we want to feel better. Right? And I see people uh, pushing toward that and it's obvious we have had a hard year and naturally we want to to get over it, to feel better. Uh, but th there's something in waiting that is important for us and to be present in this waiting to, to this loss. So hopefully we will be able to, to do that in, in this season of Advent. Uh, to prepare room for, for the Lord, we need to make room, right? So that is the, the, the work of, of uh, Advent. What is your heart filled with? Maybe good things. Maybe not so good things, but it's the first question. We cannot make room, uh, I mean, we cannot prepare room if we don't have room in our hearts. So part of the work in these few uh, weeks of, of Advent is going to be kind of to make that room, to, to take, take some things out of our hearts. And how do we do it? How do we prepare room? Uh, Eugene Peterson talks about the middle voice. You know, that is kind of an option between the active voice, he says, and the passive voice. Let, let me quote something that he says. He says that this is very helpful. And, and that's where we find ourselves in Advent and actually the topic of these conversations, uh, the meditations on, on Mondays, has to do a lot with this, this middle voice. Eugene, Peterson's, uh, Eugene Peterson writes, prayer and spirituality feature participation the complex participation of God and the human, his will and our wills. We do not abandon ourselves to the stream of grace and drown, and drown in the ocean of love losing identity. We do not pull the strings that activate God's operations in our lives, subjecting God to our assertive identity. We neither manipulate God, active voice, nor are manipulated by God's passive voice, who are involved in the action and participate in its results, but do not control or define it. That is the middle voice. Prayer takes place in the middle voice. So do, do you see the tension? You know, all this spiritual journey takes place in this tension. I call it the divine partnership. There are things that only God can do in us. There's no way that we can get those things done but there are things that god won't do unless we do some other things and that is not condition but it is kind of the partnership of this middle voice not our willfulness not only our willingness but is a mix of that we need our wills engaging and discovering god's will and advent and waiting take place also in this space Okay, so this is the, the context of our, of, of our conversations of Advent. We are in the middle of sustaining the tension of this middle space. Not only my doing, not only God's doing, but here we are together. We're going to uh, review these uh, four weeks, uh, these topics, and, and I'm using uh, Let Every Heart Prepare Him Room, Advent Reflections by, by Ted Wist. Uh, I know him, and he's, uh, he's a contemplative spiritual director that I respect a lot, and it has been really good. I'm using a little bit his format for these conversations. The first week, this week, we're going to talk about 
how God humbles our hearts as we wait. Next week, we will talk about how God softens our hearts as we listen. Then we will talk about how God expands our hearts as we release. And finally, how God occupies our hearts as we open and receive Christ. Farvey Young, just the evangelistic uh, effort. And I know the Advent traditionally has other topics, but I know that you will have enough resources for that. So let's explore these decisions together. So, waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm going to tell you briefly six things about waiting. You can download the, the slides of this presentation and the podcast that will be ready this afternoon and use, if you want, each one of those things as your meditation every day, if that works for you. But So first, we don't like to wait. I don't know anybody who loves waiting, really. Not my kids being very little, <laughs> not people who, who you know, uh, you know, adults that, we don't like waiting. It makes us feel vulnerable. And this vulnerability feels a lot like weakness. Uh, waiting makes us uh, be aware that we are not in control. It forces us into a being instead of doing. And you have heard that, right? We, when we do something about something, we feel that we're in control. What are you going to do about it, right? This is false self. <laughs> Being is a different state instead of doing. Waiting humbles us and reveals the selfish nature of a false self since most of our doings are nothing but attempts to clothe our nakedness. And we clothe our nakedness with relationships, possessions, or achievements. We don't like waiting. And there's a lot of waiting in scriptures. You know, this is a, a brief passage, Psalm 130, verse 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. I don't know if you have been ever a watchman. <laughs> I haven't, but I've been in situations in which I've been waiting for the morning. Uh, and it is a waiting. It is a place of vulnerability indeed. Jesus talks about waiting for the kingdom of God. So many pictures. And we don't like to wait. But somehow in his perfect wisdom, God has created spaces in which we are sort of, we have to learn to wait. But we don't like it. And the love and the love of God is not at stake, at stake or his love is not going to change or is not conditioned for us waiting to wait. But there is something good in waiting. Okay, so that's the first idea. If you are thinking, uh, oh my gosh, what is what I don't like wait? You're not different. You're not weird. You're not strange we naturally have a resistance to wait and part of the work of advent is actually acknowledge that resistance and, and embrace it so we can overcome it second idea about waiting what we wait for 
right? We have to know what we are waiting for. And what we wait for is, is for the work of God in our hearts. This changes a little bit thing. The work of God in our hearts. We wait for that which we can't attain. We can't produce. We can't obtain by our own power of performance. This is not about saving some money so I can give, get myself the gift that I want for Christmas. This is a waiting for something that is impossible for me. It requires faith. And we wait with hope because we wait for something that has already been given to us in Christ or through Christ. So this is a special waiting. It is a waiting for, for a dream of, of, of something that we cannot obtain, that we have to wait for. First John 3, 2 and 3. Give us a picture of what I call the, the Marcos of the future. <laughs> that is my language to it, right? The Marcos that is uh, shaped and formed by God. And the, John uh, writes, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when, we, that, that when he appears, we shall be like him. He's talking about Jesus. Because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. It's a beautiful picture. Have you ever wondered, I mean, how, what, what is the, the, the you, the self of the future, right? The, the Marcos of the future. So the Marcos of today, who's dealing with anger and, and all the brokenness and the imperfection of, of things that I cannot change. And there is this hope that what I'm waiting is for that work of God that somehow is going to sort of take care of that. It's not like magic, but the trust that God is forming me, helping me overcome those parts of myself and making me like him. Like Jesus, I'm not saying that I'm going to be God. <laughs> but have you, have you wondered how is Marcos kind, or the future you, kind, patient, loving, can put all the fruit of the Spirit there. That's what we wait for. So we are not waiting just for, for a season or for uh, something that is outside of ourselves. We are waiting for something that takes place in our hearts. Uh, for me, sometimes it's easier to think of, of people that I love in this way. I think of my daughter, my daughter, uh, oldest daughter. She's 25, and she's going through a very, 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 very hard time in her life. Deep brokenness, deep brokenness. And there's nothing that I can do beyond trying to love her where she is. And, and what I think of of the future in her, when I think of Christmas and every Christmas I think of this, uh, my prayer is somehow that Christ will be born in her heart. And there's a projection of that possibility because I see my own story and probably you, know, you have your own story too and you see the change and God has done so much already. Right? But we get loose of it. And Christmas becomes just waiting for something to happen somewhere else. But what about waiting for the work of God in our hearts? 
What is what you need? What is the promise of God? And that that he will give you to help you overcome that that you cannot overcome by yourself. Third idea. We wait in silence. Remember, this is a special kind of waiting. This is not just waiting for the store to open on Black Friday. <laughs> this is a waiting that takes place in silence. Not every waiting takes place in silence. But this is, is the darkness part of Advent. Silence humbles and purifies. Silence reveals the noise, the obstacles, the misalignments in our hearts. Silence has been called the first language of God. Many of us don't like silence. You, you might like it. I, I've lear learned to love it. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting older. Maybe I have too many little kids around me and I love silence. But I remember when I didn't like silence. I remember when I, I, I would be single, I would get my home or my car and the first thing I would do is turn on the radio because I couldn't be. Nothing wrong with music, not, nothing wrong with radios. But in silence, uh, I am present to things that I cannot be present without silence. And many of us don't like silence because we don't like what we hear in our hearts in silence. To be honest, I, uh, I'm dealing in this season that this is my honest heart. I'm discovering a lot of anger in my heart. I can justify it and say this is COVID's fault. I'm not sure. It's very personal. It's my anger. And every time that I go and walk a little bit and take a moment of silence, I have to admit that I don't like it. I don't like the company, <laughs> my own company. When I have to admit I was angry this morning, maybe I didn't act on that anger, but I saw the anger I was angry. That's a reason for me to practice silence. God is showing me something. And it's easier for us for me to see it when I am in silence. So you, you might not have uh, any practice of silence, but I encourage you in this Advent season, especially in this season when we have been so kind of bombarded by different situations, to include the practice of silence in your, in your waiting, in your Advent routine. You don't need the... You just need to start wherever you are. If it is five minutes, that's a good beginning. Psalm 62.1, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. For him comes my salvation. The beginning of all things were silence. I think that is the first language of God before creation. At the end, it will be a moment of silence when not even prayers will be heard. Who is going to open? Who is, who is worthy to open? The, the scroll and silence for 20 minutes, I think. The scripture and revelations. There's something about silence that reminds us who we are. So wait in silence for idea.
We wait in anticipation for the gift God has for us. What is the gift God has for you? Some of us don't dare to think of it. <laughs> Have you ever wondered, what's your heart longing for? Have you wondered what is the heart of God for you? How is Jesus interceding and asking the Father for you? Have you had ever that? that I don't know if it's just my imagination, but Jesus is interceding. How is he praying for me? <laughs> Lord, give him patience. Lord, oh my gosh, change this this. Poor Marcos, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it is that way. But I invite you to get into that meditation and wonder. Would you let me hear, Jesus, what is your prayer for me? If I want to pay attention to one prayer, is that prayer, isn't it? I may be surprised. That is a gift that God wants to give you. That's what we wait for. And anticipation, uh, you, you can make it, you can go into the language, be very detailed about the, the, distinct, the distinction between expectations and anticipation, right? Expectations sometimes create a false reality, but the anticipation is kind of a more open space when you just don't know what's going to happen. But there is a waiting for something. You, you don't... You don't tell God how or which color the gift should be, but you know that something is going to change and it's going to be good. John Orberg writes, what always drives us at the soul level is that if I believe I cannot trust God for the satisfaction of my soul, then I will take my soul satisfaction into my own hands. <laughs> That's what we do. And we don't admit that to ourselves. Psalm 103 talks about, uh, you know, uh, the psalmist kind of telling his own soul to remember, right? And saying, he who forgives all your sin, he who heals or your, or your your sickness and he who satisfies your heart. I need to remember that there is in this waiting, a waiting for something that produces satisfaction that I cannot realize. Wait for that. But this is very different. I hope you understand than just waiting for the best Christmas present, right? This is something that produces joy in your heart. Couple more ideas. We wait in patience. Waiting does not happen because of our strength or skill. You know, when they talk about white knuckle, have you heard that, that term, the white knuckle alcoholic, right? Is the alcoholic who doesn't drink, but his knuckles are white because he's putting so much strength in not drinking. And yes, he's not drinking, but she's not drinking. But I can tell you it's not very pretty. It's not very nice to be around a person like that. It's pure willfulness, pure strength. We, we don't want to be white-knuckle waiters. You know, look how well I'm waiting. Like if I'm doing a plank in yoga or push-ups or something, like, look how I, good I can wait. This is not the waiting that we are invited to. It's, it's, it's a humble patience. 
and confidence that God is present in our waiting, that we are not waiting alone, that he is waiting with us, and that he is at work even when we cannot see him working. That's faith. He is at work, and we are with him. James chapter 5, verse 7 through 8. James writes, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. What a beautiful verse for Christmas. We read that and we think of the second coming of Christ. And yes, I will tell you, and this is just me, I'm not trying to make any theological point, but between the first and the second coming of Christ, there are a thousand more coming of Christ to my life. A thousand or more <laughs> in which I need Christ in this situation, Christ in this year, Christ in this Christmas. What does it mean, the coming of the Lord? To your life in Christmas. See that we are hidden with Christ, hidden with Christ in God, and when Christ reveals, life will be revealed for us. So we wait in patience, and that is the patience, the revelation of Christ in our lives. Final idea. We wait in awareness of our poverty. Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So this uh, humble waiting has to embrace our poverty. Not to complain about it. <laughs> oh, look how poor. Oh my gosh, why is I not so good? Why is I not so spiritual? Or whatever is the way that we complain about our poverty. And not deny it. Pretend that it's not there. This is one of those tensions again. I am poor. I cannot do what I need to do. If you don't come, Lord, I'm lost. So it's good for our souls to embrace our poverty. Very uh, very different than culture, right? Tell us we should be strong, we should be. It's just the invitation. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes with a lot of uh, uh, rightness, I don't know, with a certitude, uh, and says the celebration of Advent is possible only to those who are troubled in the soul. To know themselves to be poor and imperfect and who look forward to something greater to come. Ha, simple words, profound words. Are you resistant to see yourself in your poverty, in your imperfection? Or you can embrace it. The echo of the words of Jesus saying, I have, I've come for those who are sick. <laughs> the Christmas narrative and, and the little ones, the shepherds and 
and the poor being blessed with the revelation of a Christ coming. So there you have the counsel to slow down and wait places us in a perfect position to listen to God and sets us up for the next movement in our journey, preparing him room, of preparing him room in our hearts. So here you have the ideas. We don't like to wait. We wait for the work of God in our hearts. We wait in silence. We wait in anticipation for the gift God has for us, personally. We wait with patience. And we wait in full awareness of our poverty. So I encourage you to take a minute you have a pen, pencil, just consider before we go into conversation in small groups, what is God speaking to your heart? What of these ideas feels personal to you? I'll be, I'll be quiet for a little bit, let you find that in your heart. Well, welcome back after conversations. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear what, uh, what would you like to share? What uh, questions, comments do you have about all these ideas waiting? I just would like to share that I, I know God is working on me. And yet, sometimes when uh, when I see other people, especially like like my child, and um, I want him to hear you out. You know, I, I I know he's able because he's changing me. And then I was just telling the group, I'm in my sixth. I'm at that age, you know, and he's been working on me for nine years. Okay, so but at the same time, when it's talking about patience, which we've talked about. It's like, I want him to hurry up because I know he's able and it's better. I'm better. I know they'll be better. My daughter be better. So it's like, I want to rush him. And that's, you know, and and like I said, that's not right, but that's that's my impatience because I know what I know what God does is good. And so um, it was just uh, being, uh, we were talking about being silent, um, it's something I'm working on because I'm I'm used to a real noisy, noisy house and not having silence. And now I can hear, I can hear everything up until, you know, it's time for the kids to come in. And so um, it's a good thing, but it's an unusual thing. So I'm, I'm working on, uh, keep working on being silent for the Lord to hear what the Lord is saying. Uh, thank you, Bernal. 
I echo the your your feelings about your your son you mentioned. Yeah, it is as parents we we have to experience that in a very different way. And uh, yeah. silence has become helpful for me in learning to wait in those places of impatience. So. I've never been particularly comfortable in silence. I like activity and action and noise, energy. Um, so this whole pandemic, um, it's, it's taking a long time for me to learn some of these lessons. But I'm, I'm going to try to embrace this more as we, as we are in the season of Advent, the season of waiting. I think the Lord is saying, you know, I've, I've suggested this in the past, Judith. Are you going to listen this time? So, you know, let's, let's see if I can get it right this time. Or at least closer. Maybe not all right, but closer. Yeah, yeah, Judith. And that is, uh, you're not the only one. Silence is not always easy. And there is a room for personality. And there are things that are helpful to, to, to ease you in, into silence. Uh, but I believe that we all, that our, that our souls need some level of silence, right? And uh, I'm, I'm glad you are willing, you know, to show up, let's say, into the place of silence. You know, nobody can force us. I don't believe, and it's so good for me to remember God, the love of God is not at stake. You know, it's not that I'm missing the silence, little bone or whatever it is, right? But what, what is helpful is, what, what is, what is uh, helpful for me to ease into silence and walks, poetry. I mean, we all have different kinds of things. But that, that exploration has become a learning a little bit about myself and my soul. That's good. I'm clearly a very slow learner. Yes, we, I, I, I get that. I'm part of that club too. <laughs> you are not alone, Judith. No, you're yes. not. I'm a slow learner too. <laughs> I, I, I always tell my people I know that my middle name is Wait. It just wait always equates with anything and everything I have to do. And I, and it's like, I know that I'm going to be going around that mountain for a long time until I get the, the sense thing. <laughs> well, I'm, it's good to be in good company. Yeah. This, this morning I read something about sadness that has been, you know, taking my mind, bringing me to this place. It's a longer thing, but I'm just reading this verse. Uh, this is Rumi. And he talks about, says, move outside of, move outside the tangle of fear thinking. You know, it's more outside, fear thinking. Live in silence. It's always helpful for me that the contrast, uh, what does it mean for me? So... Whatever is worth it. Um, I didn't think about, I didn't reflect on silence much in our small group, um, but I, uh, I've gotten better at waiting, but I've gotten, I'm not there yet, but I've gotten so much better at silence. I used to um, really not like silence at all because I think I equated it with loneliness. Um, 
and the absence of people and isolation. And um, so when you were talking, Marcos, about like turning on the car radio, even I used to have music on all the time. And I don't think that was because I hate silence because I really love music. Um, but it's interesting now. I have kids. They're uh, two teens and a young adult. So um, they're, you know, not little or anything, um, but they can be they can be real loud and they have bigger vocal cords and, and more lung capacity, too. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I, I find myself in silence now totally unintentionally, whereas before I liked having music on or something. And now it's funny because this has never been me like my whole life. And sometimes if no one's here, I just have nothing. And then after a period of time, this happens to me a lot, like the past several months, especially the kids are at work or different things. I'm like, wow, it's quiet. And I don't usually notice it. Other people notice it. Like I'll get a phone call from a friend and they'll say, it's so quiet at your house. Like, is no one else there? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it is. I just been sitting here with nothing. Um, cause I don't ever really like watch TV or movies. So I'll just be doing whatever. Um, but it's funny cause I've never been, I've never liked silence. And, and years ago, um, I remember my pastor, I worked at a church and the pastor and some other people were talking about going on silent retreats. And, um, I just thought that sounds dreadful, like not talking to anyone and not, you know, no noise or anything. I thought, I think I would go crazy. I could never do it. And then a couple of years ago, I started thinking, I think I could go on a silent retreat. That sounds kind of appealing. Um, but I think, uh, I've, I've recognized sometimes I need to be silent so I can listen to God. Like God does sometimes speak to me even amidst, you know, noise or even through music or different things. Um, but when I have more space, um, to, to listen and I don't have anything else that I'm trying to listen to, because even if I have music on subconsciously, you know, I'm thinking about it or I'm singing it in my head or whatever. Um, when I have more silence, I think that I hear more, um, from the Lord. So that's been really neat um, to experience. And yeah, it's just really funny to me that all of a sudden I became someone who just is in silence and didn't even know it. And it's not even a problem. That's great. That's so, so real. I mean, I relate and, you know, what comes to mind is in those moments, it's not only that I have a better sense of what God is saying to me. I mean, yes, it doesn't mean like it's a voice or something, but there's clarity. It is, it is clarity, but I have a lot of more clarity with myself. It seems that I am, you know, I have this, the, the, the picture of chronic anxiety that we use in faith walking as, as this background noise. It's going all the time and I'm bothered, you know, I'm bothered. Here I am, you know, dealing with it. And when I get to, to be in a place of silence or time of silence, I can take a deep breath and, and there's more clarity. What is what's going on with me? You know, I can name it. And naming it allow me to see it. And, and actually, it doesn't need to be pretty. <laughs> Usually it's not. But I can present whatever it is without having to, to disguise or even to, to do a lot of effort. I, I can hear my own voice. I can hear God, God's voice. And, and I just notice the, the difference. When I'm not in silence, uh, my days are, are full with that, this background noise. And it might be a, uh, has been a practice or, or not, but... Um, yeah, I hear that.
is good. It's right the time. So thank you for for participating and uh, and sharing. I really uh, hope that um, these conversations uh, will uh, bring some invitation from God to do something specific in Advent, to engage, to embrace Advent. I want to finish, and we usually do it with a blessing, with our blessing. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us/donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you. Till I'm looking through the eyes of love. I'm looking through the eyes